0: The Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me today is my co-host, Court Winsett. Hello! We are so excited to have you guys back for episode five. We are talking about building a budget.
1: And, Katie, there's the opening bell. First of all, a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, you have entered the no-jargon zone. That means that Mm -hmm. we are promising you that we are not going to use words, words that would be, you know commonly used in our industry but that nobody outside of our industry knows <laughs> we're gonna err on the side of caution so we're we, we may define some words that you're like I, I know that word don't treat me like an idiot we're not treating you like an, an idiot we're just you know we want to make sure that everybody is clear we want to make sure that we don't violate our own no jargon zone
0: we just want to make sure everyone understands it all so you know but inclusive
1: right exactly okay so Let's assume, ladies and gentlemen, that our episode four worked and that you are convinced that you need to create a budget. Yes. This episode is the how-to. This episode is going to cover how you create a budget, and it really is going to incorporate a whole lot of the information that we covered in the first three episodes, or excuse me, the episode two, three, and four. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay, so before we get into all that, let's get into our top five.
1: Right, okay. So, top five. Uh, This week, because we're doing how to do a budget, and because in our experience, um, people, people, uh, well, everybody, well, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to say everybody. Let's just go with this. Because we're doing how to create a budget, we're going to work off of the assumption that Everybody's afraid to do their first budget, and based on that, we want to do top five things that we're each afraid of more than we fear mm-hmm. a budget.
0: <laughs> okay, so top five things that I'm scared of more than doing a budget. First one would have to be snakes. Why'd well, it have to be snakes? I mean, just they're terrifying. <laughs> I I think I have nightmares now to this day. I don't know why. I worry when I go somewhere and sit down on the toilet that a snake's going to crawl through the toilet and My bite me. Atlanta, I, yeah. where have
1: you been living that you got snakes coming out the toilet? <laughs>
0: Nowhere, but it's just a, it's a phobia. Um, so that's that's a big one.
1: Indiana. Yes, Indiana. I'm going to start calling you Indiana.
0: <laughs> um, number two would be driving in heavy rainstorms when it's that you can barely see in front of you, you have to have your flashers on, hydroplaning. Surely I'm,
1: there's a song I can reference here, but I can't think of it. Oh,
0: no. just, mm. yeah, I don't know. Just, yeah, I do not want to live
1: in my
0: car. <laughs> so yeah, terrified, like instantly starts raining and I just start getting phobia really bad. Uh, number three, big purchases, especially right now during um, our crazy times we're in with this pandemic. Uh, I mentioned on the last one that I did just purchase a new home and that's scary in its own, but. Put on top of what's going on right now and uncertainties in the world, extra terrifying. So before I do any major purchases, I'm very scared, and you know, then have buyers remorse and then panic that did I budget properly for this? <laughs> <laughs> um, number four, I'm a control freak. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it goes along with I love planning, with you know, financial advising, with event planning, all of that. So if I can't be Planning something or being in control, I, I think I really start like getting the attitude that I'm going to be sitting in a corner rocking back and forth, and you've got to send me somewhere because I do not do well not having some kind of control. Mm. Yeah, mm. It's, it's a real problem. And my last one would be uh, being in an airplane while a crazy storm is going on. Mm. I just, I mean, there's so many movies about snakes on planes. Oh, yeah, that'd be a whole other thing. <laughs> We're not doing that one. Same I'm tired of, of these. D- <laughs> Snakes
1: on this f- plane. Yes.
0: Yeah, bleep, bleep, bleep. But, uh, yeah, I think you were telling me when I was talking yeah, about the yeah, Twilight there's Zone. A,
1: there's a, a, Twilight Zone, I think it's in a, a, an original episode of the original series, and then they also redid it in the Twilight Zone movie in the 80s, I think, of a, it, it had, uh, John Lithgow, uh, was, a was a passenger on a, on a plane in the movie version, and, mm-hmm. uh. It's storming, and he's he's scared of flying anyway. And he looks out the window, and there's a monster on the wing tearing at the engine, and he freaks out. And it's 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 uh it just. See, I wouldn't forget about a
0: monster looking out. I mean, I like I like kind of spooky things, but <laughs> but it, it was just storming, and I'm scared I'd get struck by lightning, and the plane just crashes. Then yeah, that's. a I whole have other never, thing.
1: I've never, I've never in my life flown on a plane that actually. Flew in a storm, though, so... I don't know.
0: I mean, it, it could happen. dreams
1: of these things.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's along with the snakes in the toilet. I don't know. That is okay, weird. But okay, but enough about mine. Let's do your top five.
1: Yeah, well, mine are obviously far more normal than yours are. <laughs> Scared of planes Thanks. and trains and automobiles. My top five. My number one is spiders, obviously. Who cares about snakes when there are spiders in the world? <laughs> spiders are terrible.
0: Except for Charlotte.
1: Oh, okay. Maybe Charlotte. But I'll tell you what, one time I went and saw a movie called Arachnophobia with my wife and she laughed until she was crying think, at me. Yeah,
0: I think that was a funny one. Yeah,
1: she thought it was a hilarious movie and I was sitting next to her terrified. I hate spiders. <laughs> they are terrible. They are, You want to talk about sitting down somewhere and, you know, not knowing if something is there, you can hear a snake. You can't hear a spider. It can sneak up on you, crawl up on your back of the back of your leg and bite you before you even know it's there. And then all of a sudden you've got a big giant hole in your leg and you're, and anyway, spiders are terrible. (laughs) Okay. Uh, number two, ghosts, but not ghosts, not like, like, Casper, not the friendly ghosts. I'm talking more like the poltergeisty type ghosts. You know, the ones that get mad at you when you build a house on their burial ground. Those things freak me out. Do you have some
0: experience with that?
1: Uh, I mean, I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to anger touchy
0: subject. the ghosts. But okay.
1: uh, let's just say that I have reasons to fear ghosts.
0: If there's any ghosts listening, we support you. We, we we love ghost ghost listeners. Yep, thanks.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely, guys. I I'm not. I I don't have a problem with you. If you don't have a problem with me, no reason for us to get touchy. Come talk to me. I like ghosts. Number three. Aliens and scared of aliens. On, on, a, on a very scientific level, I'm really scared of of aliens. Like if if there is an alien out there that has the technology to find us and come to our planet, then they probably got the technology to really, you know, mess things up for us. I'm but you just like- need
0: glasses of water laying around. Isn't that what they did wow. in signs?
1: Signs. You take yes. the bat and
0: just swing. But
1: then on the other hand, there's there's the aliens in V that it didn't matter. They were looking for water and they wanted us as food. So, you know. And then, you know, let's not even get into the xenomorphs in aliens. Those things were freaky. That's
0: right. Well now Mars attacks aliens. I'd be cool with that. They were kind of cool. And then they they hated the one country song and their heads exploded.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll give it to you for most of the aliens in men in black. they seem mostly nice. Yeah. I'll give it to you for an alien like ET, but real aliens, somebody that could find our find us out in this huge universe uh, of a universe and actually have the technology to get here. I don't think they're coming here for any good reason and I, I don't I don't want to meet them. Okay. Number four, I am scared of Australia.
0: <gasps> I love Australia.
1: Australia. Is an island of death. It is. It is the devil's backyard. The, the, the only reason that you go there is to get bitten by the aforementioned horrible spiders, and the snakes, and the dingoes. There's yeah. nothing good that comes out of Australia. I don't. I mean, uh, nothing. My, my
0: best friends in Australia, actually, but I did go visit her, and her house spider that was in the car with me that I freaked out was a, a, about a half. Dollar size, It was ginormous. So, yeah, don't go.
1: Nope. nope. Nothing against (laughs) any Australians. Nothing against the lovely culture. Nothing against any of that. But you got to get rid of your pest problem before I'm going to come visit you. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) And then finally, I am deathly afraid of hospitals. Okay, well, no, not really so much hospitals. That's not true. I go to hospitals. I'm deathly afraid of waking up in a hospital and not knowing why I'm there. Okay, no, no, that's not really true either. I'm deathly afraid of waking up in a hospital not knowing why I'm there, the hospital being empty, me wandering around in the hallways, and then all of a sudden being attacked by zombies. Yes, I'm deathly afraid. Okay, so let's just take all of that. I'm deathly afraid of zombies. Okay, unless I have like a bow and arrow or something that I could shoot the zombies with. But, uh, you know, just zombies. Zombies in general are bad. Have you ever seen Walking Dead?
0: Thanks for calling me out. No. Ah,
1: it's another show that she's never seen, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, well, anyway. Yes. Uh, Tell I, me
0: on why I should see it. And <laughs> our comments and questions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's my top five. Uh, Katie, let's move on to, I guess, I guess we should move on to our topic.
0: Yeah. So, again, we're really wanting to talk about build a budget. And as Court mentioned before, we hope we sold you in the last episode on why it's important to build a budget because it really you don't want to wait till it's too late and you need it everyone needs to have a budget and i kind of pulled some people and said when they first hear the word budget most people instantly go oh scary or they think cuts and it's not always about cuts and that's what we really want to dive into this episode and explain building your budget and you know it it may seem like a crazy program but really it's kind of four steps
1: four steps
0: yeah it's easiest so like a
1: four-step program.
0: Yeah, not twelve, not twelve-step program. Four-step. Okay. We-
1: okay, so we we got four steps to build a budget. Uh, what would those four steps be? Well, let's back up for a second. We kind of we kind of jumped there.
0: Okay. Keep us on track. Let's path. talk about
1: Let's talk about a budget for a second. I mean, not that it's necessarily jargon. Most people know what you mean when you say budget, but mm-hmm. you know what what for instance are we talking about um, are we talking about an annual budget or a a monthly budget or a weekly budget what uh, you know what are the differences
0: yeah I mean that's we're gonna talk about a little bit of all of that okay on this but what we're talking about for this purpose is your personal budget this is not your business but this is just for us talking about you as a person you as a family we're going through the basic of a personal budget right
1: so we're not talking about sitting around a conference table with a bunch of staffers at an office and deciding a budget for for your upcoming business year uh you know or anything like that we're talking about at most probably sitting down with a spouse or an so significant other and coming up with how you as a family are going to operate over the course of the next 12 months or so so for that purpose you know really there is there is value in coming up with two different budgets your overall annual budget which is really sort of your broad 30,000 foot view of your 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 life over the course of the Mm -hmm. next year your financial life over the course of the next year and then also after developing the that overall annual budget developing um, your monthly budget as well using that annual budget to develop your monthly budget as well so we're really talking about doing two things. It's sort of the two two elements uh, that 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 form one. It's kind of like uh, it's I don't know maybe like Voltron or Power Rangers or something like that. You know, we're going to take all these parts and we're going to fit them together into one awesome fighting machine of a budget. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. Yeah.
0: And remember again, when we're going through this, your budget is an expression of your values and what's important to you and making sure that the reason you create a budget is so you have control. You know what money's coming in, what money's going out, and you feel like you know where that's all going and you have control of what's being spent.
1: And you will be able to use that to help you make decisions, purchasing decisions, financial decisions, living decisions over the course of say a year Mm -hmm. right okay
0: yeah and the reason to do it is for the now but it's also for the future and we mentioned on the last one about how it's important to what you do now can affect when you retire your kids going to college being able to afford different major purchases later in life so that's why even if you feel like you're doing great now it's still important to have a budget
1: budget will help your life. It will help your marriage. Absolutely. (laughs) It will help. It will help everything if you do it right and then use it correctly. So that kind of does bring us to our four steps. Doing it right. How do we do it right, Katie?
0: So four steps, and we're just going to keep telling you guys throughout this and explain it all, but four steps. Identify, verify, apply, and live it. And that's really the most important one. You gotta live it.
1: Mm, we're living the lifestyle here.
0: Living living the life, living the budget. But it doesn't have to it doesn't have to consume you. Y'all remember last time Court talked about the whole visual of being in a pool. A budget doesn't weigh you down and sink you to the bottom. It's like the floaties. You put them on and it's gonna hold you up and be that it's that support bra.
1: I it don't supports care. you care. <laughs> oh my lanta!
0: <laughs> it, it's that good old support, girls. You know what I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. That analogy is going to hold up forever. It's like floaties and <laughs> a support bra. You some know. some people. I mean, you know, just whatever works for you. <laughs> um, so what are what exactly are we identifying? We're identifying two b- basic broad categories. we first we're going to identify your income. We mm-hmm. talked about that in a, in a podcast episode two. Uh, we're going to identify all of our sources of income, every yep. single source of income that you have over the course of a year. And then we're going to identify your expenses. We're going to identify all of your expenses over the course of a year. Uh, we're talking about your... Uh, when we talk about your, your income, we're talking about the the, the type of income you have, uh, the...
0: The nature of the income.
1: Yeah. And, and, and how often it comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, if it comes in... Uh, more than once say a year how often does it come in all of those things are important and when we talk about your expenses we're talking about again how often do you have those expenses and what type of expense is it and that would be your required versus non-required or uh, to to use the actual uh, jargon word it would be jargon yeah jargon We're in the no-jargon zone, but I'm not committing an offense because I'm going to explain myself. Okay, good. Okay.
0: Explain it to me, Lucy.
1: Okay, so we have expenses, either non-required or required. Well, non-required would be what we call discretionary. We've mentioned that before. That is a jargon term. And then required would be those mandatory expenses. Your needs versus your wants. Your mandatory slash required is your needs your discretionary slash non-required. That's your wants. That's how we're gonna break it down. So what do we do? Well, we do have some actual added content for you. Yes, we do. And this, th- when when this episode airs, you will be able to go to our website and go to the resources tab. Uh, if you go to the resources tab, you'll be able to find, we're gonna have four different forms for you that will go along with this episode the annual budget form, the monthly budget form, your income checklist, and your expense checklist. You'll be able to go down, for instance, the income checklist and be able to, we're going to have just all sorts of different kinds of incomes listed on there and you'll be able to check off. Yes, I've got that. And then if you do have that type of income, you'll be able to write in how much it is, how often you get it, and um, whether or not it's uh, fixed fixed or variable, Katie, you just entered.
0: Oh, sorry.
1: That was a that was a jargon violation. You didn't explain yourself before you said fixed or variable.
0: Shame fixed on me. Fixed would
1: mean something that
0: F- fixed is where it's going to be the same amount constantly. It every does single not change. Time. Every single time it's the same. And then variable is where it fluctuates, it, mm-hmm. you know, changes up depending on, you know, what
1: what you're getting paid for okay that's easy enough that's easy enough so uh you'll be able to use hopefully the, the those those documents again we'll, we'll go into the 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 annual budget and the monthly budget documents in just a minute but starting off with those checklists starting off with that income checklist and that expense checklist um let's discuss identifying your incomes
0: yeah so let's talk about income what we want you to do is, you know, utilize this checklist when you have time. Just look at it and see what what is your income? How is it coming in? Is it those wages, those bonuses, investment income, social security, pension, alimony, child support, you know, gifts, inheritance? We even have information in there. You know, if you get an annual gift from your aunt, you know, put it in there. But what we want you to do is you know, have this document and look across and see, okay, I am a salary employee. So I've got this, I'm going to mark that I get it two times a month and it's the same amount. So that's same amount means fixed. And, you know, there's your first one. Now say if you have a side gig, and I think we put that as like hobby income on there, I believe. Mm. So say you have a side gig and you're court's already looking at me. You're making cornhole boards. Oh, no, good Lord. <laughs> so if you make cornhole boards, you may put on there, an estimate of you know you you probably make about 200 i don't know what it may be you put an estimate on there so that's variable because it fluctuates Mm. and you put about how much time period so that's really kind of a basic for you to look at this and understand the nature of your income how it's coming in because we're going to really look back at that sheet of the income as we move forward to annual and monthly budget
1: yeah okay because but you are going to want to be able to total up how much you make in income on an annual basis you're going to want to have a good idea of what your total monthly income is as well
0: and the reason you're going to want that and i'm about to put myself in the spot again is because of cash flow
1: cash flow jargon that's two jargon violations
0: i know slap me on the wrist oh, oh, my goodness. but cash flow Cord, help me out with it, help and explain cash flow.
1: Okay, well, cash flow is both simple and uh, it's it's a simple concept, but it's, a, it's sort of difficult to explain without really getting sort of mixed up and tongue-tied. So uh, I, I tried to come up with sort of a a basic, basic example. Let's say on January one, you start off the year and you have zero dollars and zero cents, and you have no car. and you have a job you've just been hired to work a job uh and that job is going to pay you seventy thousand dollars a year and it's going to pay you seventy thousand dollars a year it's going to pay you twice a month Mm -hmm. over the course of 12 months so over the course of 12 months you'll receive a total of seventy thousand dollars but you're in january right now you need a car to do to do this job you don't have a car you want to buy a car but you want to pay cash for it you can't pay thirty thousand dollars cash for a car right now based on the fact that you've got seventy thousand dollar salary because even though you know you're going to make seventy thousand over the course of the year you don't have seventy thousand right now so your your income for the year will be seventy thousand but right now your cash flow is actually if we're starting at january one your cash flow right now is zero yeah the first time you're going to receive cash the first time you're going to have any money coming in is probably on the 15th of the month if they pay you twice a month so january 15th your cash flow will be i don't know um i don't know what uh two two grand a little over two grand after taxes something like that so that's that's the first cash you're gonna see yeah So. When you're budgeting, you have to take into consideration not just what your income is going to be, but also when you're going to get it.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I'm visualizing here. It's kind of like, you know, the water hose, like you're turning the water hose, you're getting that money coming out and then it turns off. You need to understand when you have these purchases and stuff like that, what money you have available at that moment. And that's what cash flow really is, is when is the money coming in? What is available when? Because if you get paid, you know, two times a year, okay, you know when that money's coming in. Or if you get paid twice a week, or if it's a, you know, variable of when you get paid. You need to understand that. And so that's what we're trying to break down of really understanding not just how much you're making totally, but when it's coming in, when you can expect it, because that plays all into when those funds are available to spend and how to budget.
1: So... You are going through and making this list of all of your incomes, when you are going to receive that income, how frequently, is it once a month, is it quarterly, is it annually. Um, And then you're going to have that list, which means you're going to have a total. You're going to set that to the side for now. You're also going to come up with a list of expenses. Again, worksheet, resources tab on our website, there's an expenses worksheet, uh, expense checklist. You can go down that checklist and be like, we're I, I don't know that we could possibly list every single expense that someone might have, but we're gonna list the big ones. Yes. And you're gonna be able to go down that checklist and match up, you know, yes, I have this expense. This is how much it is. It's I have to pay it this frequently, or I have this expense, it's only once a year. You're gonna you're gonna mark all of that down on your checklist.
0: Well, and what we're hoping the expense list does is help kind of trigger. Remember, we were talking about expenses a couple episodes ago and you really utilize your credit card statements. You utilize all these different outlets to see where your money's going, and so well, you're when, getting ahead of
1: yourself there, because oh. we that's that's actually step two. We're okay, have, okay, we're okay. Get into jumping into ahead. Uh, we're like, yeah, what? Uh, we're still in step one right now. We just want to identify generally those expenses that you have, and then in step two, we'll really get into the nitty gritty of how we're going to verify those expenses. That yeah. would be the Okay,
0: so getting back on it, so expenses for right now, you really are just listing out that while, you know, I think that, you know, Carville Nutrition Spot loaded tea is mandatory in my mind, it really is just a discretionary expense. (laughs) And that my, you know, storage for Dropbox, while it feels essential to me that I keep all my stuff saved, that is a discretionary expense. Mm. And our mandatory ones are...
1: Netflix, obviously. (laughs) Netflix.
0: Mandatory would be your bills, your water, your rent. Mortgage or
1: rent. uh, Groceries, at least to a certain level. Your groceries are going to be mandatory. You've got to eat something. Insurance. Yeah, insurance. um, You know, clothing. Another big one. Can't walk around naked.
0: Yeah, basic clothing. Now, if you're trying to get all crazy designer stuff, that may be more discretionary.
1: No Louis Vuitton.
0: (laughs) But with this it's same with income. We want you to look at your expenses, figure out, you know, categorize them. Are they mandatory? Are they discretionary? So again, another way is it required, non-required, and do then do you need
1: it or do you yeah, want it? Yes, you need
0: it? it or want it and, you know, understand yes, we know we all need it even though it may just be a want. And then from there, break down is it a fixed or is it a variable? So, like a Netflix is a fixed
1: well, non-required. Yes and no, I mean it, it is fixed for now. It is what it is. It is what they say it is. This month, every month, but then next month they're going to go up on their rate again. Yeah. So, and
0: like a variable discretion would be if you you know want to add an al- allowance in there for you know you going out to eat or going to the movies. You know that would then mm-hmm. be a non-required or discretionary variable expense right.
1: so you're gonna list all of these things on the checklist mm-hmm. again, again we're going to go through the same same sort of exercise where you're going to identify the expense identify whether it's mandatory or discretionary and identify whether it is fixed or variable and you're gonna have all of those listed out I mean I'll give you the broad categories you've got shelter you've got food clothing, Transportation is a big one. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can't get Gotta to a get job into, and earn money income. without yep. some sort of transportation. And if you have transportation, you're going to have to do some sort of main, maintenance on that transportation.
0: Unless Long Duck Dong took your automobile.
1: And then, you know, you've got your... your uh, your insurance and health health care needs and and so forth. And then also your legal requirements. And by legal requirements, I mean the stuff that the government requires you to pay, which is things like taxes and so forth. So you've got all of those expenses and a lot of those can be mandatory to a level. And then they can also be discretionary to a level. Because, for instance, you know, like you said, um, clothes, you have to have clothes, but you don't necessarily have to Gucci. You know, you don't have to wear Gucci. Uh, You have to have food, but you can buy bologna or ham or turkey and some bread and make a sandwich. You don't have to have steak for every meal. So, you know, I mean, I'm just saying. But uh, haircuts, uh, probably grooming, depending on your, your employment, you probably need to be somewhat well groomed. You might be able to learn how to cut your own hair. But, so it might be mandatory that you do it to a certain extent, but is yeah, it no. mandatory that you go somewhere and spend $200 on your hair? Eh. Mm, nah. <laughs> um, charitable donations.
0: See, and that, that goes back to where we talked about a budget is your value. And so if it is, this is where you're honest when you're identifying your expenses. Be honest about what you're spending the money on. And so if you are someone who is a... I hate to use the term sucker, but when you see your friend's post that your uh, kid's going on a mission trip and, you know, needs donations, buy this t-shirt or buy this Boy Scout popcorn or buy, you know, Girl Scout cookies, whatever it may be, put that in your budget. Now, listen, it's charity. It's not cookies and it's not popcorn. It's charity. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, make your mama proud. Put in the budget to give to church.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Otherwise known as tithing. Mm, yeah. So you've got those sorts of things, the personal things, like your haircuts, your gifts, your charitable donations. You've got entertainment. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty much always going to be discretionary, uh, again, unless you're talking about Netflix, and I'm pretty sure everybody agrees at this point that Netflix is mandatory. Yes. Uh, but entertainment, things like books, movies, vacations, I mean, spas, I mean, a whole lot of stuff falls under uh, under entertainment and uh, that sort of discretionary expense. Um, Household. Uh, Okay, so there are certain things that you have to have for your household to keep it clean and to keep it, uh, you know, keep it without holes in its roof and so forth. But other things for your household, like for instance, you don't necessarily need domestic help. Uh, it might be that, that some people really feel like they do need it, but it is it is a discretionary expense paying mm-hmm. that other person to come and help you clean your house or to help you mow your lawn yeah, or whatever. Toilet
0: paper is necessity.
1: Toilet paper is a necessity, absolutely.
0: But having a bidet put in your house, that, that might be discretionary.
1: And then, you know, transportation. back Again, sort of uh, a, a discretionary expense would be you have to have some sort of transportation, but you don't necessarily have to have the lamborghini or even you know but if a you brand have one come car.
0: by the office so we can see it
1: and if you if you do have something if you do have a, a car you don't necessarily have to spend a whole lot of money on a monthly basis tricking that car out unless you plan on competing in the next fast and furious race
0: and then you'd be getting more income maybe if you win maybe
1: possibly but
0: so these are identifying it's those two important documents of your income checklist your expenses checklist and we hope when you break this down you have a clear view of the nature of both of these what they are how much is coming in fixed or variable and you know the time they're coming in as well so you really understand your cash flow and where your money's going
1: yeah and so once you've done that, I mean, we've spent all this time and basically all we've talked about so far is just identifying those two things, mm-hmm. identifying your income and identifying your expenses. But you have to have that starting place and you've got to have it written down, which is why we've provided you those checklists. Once you have it written down, then you can go on to, you You sort of jumped to this a little earlier, you yep. can go on to verify. Yep. Step, Step two, two is that verify. And that's when you're going to gather together, say, uh, three months worth of your bank statements and your credit card statements, any, any way that you um, can check and see what income came into your bank or what, uh, how like for instance, if you use your debit card to buy things or if you actually still pay for things with checks or if you <laughs> use a credit card uh, then you can look back at those things and identify exactly where that money went and how much you spent and how much of that money went to discretionary items versus how much of it went to fix, uh, mandatory items.
0: And I will tell you from doing a lot of these, a lot of the credit card companies have really jumped on board with this. Now, whether it's right or wrong, they if you pull a report, it'll show your expenses and it'll kind of already pre-categorize things of how much you've spent on food and entertainment and travel and all of that. So it kind of helps you, but you will, when you go through this and you really verify your data and you see all your expenses, there will be something that you have missed. I was guilty of forgetting about those little bitty charges of the Dropbox subscription Mm. or the Apple storage or whatever it may be. And while that on your bill each month is, you know, a couple bucks, maybe 10 bucks, something like that, you can bind all that together, and you're talking about you know fifty dollars each month, and you know times twelve that adds up. And mm. so that's where really the verifying comes in because we think about our, where our money's going, and we forget about a lot of the little things, and every penny counts.
1: There is a saying, and or a saying, there is. Someone said at some point, it's an expression. I've heard it many times, and I'm sure it came from someone originally. I do not know who, and feel free to interject if you do know who said it first. Um, trust but verify. So when you're when you're coming up with the when you're coming up with the identify part, when you're listing up all of those expenses, you, you trust yourself. You you know your life. You know what you spend things on. But then verify because. You're gonna. There's gonna be stuff that you missed, and you may miss on some of the amounts too. And the verification process can be can be really helpful in terms of actually really nailing down those amounts. Because, for instance, I may go. I, I think to myself, okay, I spend well a hundred dollars a week at the grocery store, mm-hmm. but then I look back on my uh, my bank statement and my debit card says that I'm spending closer to a hundred and fifty dollars a week but then there may be one week where I spent a hundred and another week where I spent 250. So I can take all of those weekly expenditures and average them up to how much, like how much did I actually spend on average over the course of say a three month period. And that gives me something that I can use as my, okay, this is my, this is my gross grocery bill monthly average. And you're going to use something closer to that average or the either the average or the highest amount when you're going through and doing your expenses, you're not going to use the, the your lowest estimate. I'm not, I, you know I say hundred, and then it turns out it's hundred and fifty on average. But I may spend as much as two hundred. I can't just budget for a hundred.
0: No, that's what I tend to always. When you said higher, I tend to go on the higher route because you know, for example, um, electric. You know that bill is a, a great example. That and water fluctuates every single month. And so what I like to do is kind of, granted if you're in a new situation, you can't really do this as much, but I like to try and find the highest it's ever been, build in a little cushion. So say like the highest it would be is 150. I may budget 200 and put that you know, $200 is gonna be, it's a variable expense, but $200 is what I'm estimating for electricity. And I then know in the back of my head, when you know all is said and done with this lovely budget that i have taken expenses like that and i have rounded up so i've built in cushions in there so then the end number shows that there is a safety net built into that
1: yeah i generally speaking when i'm budgeting i take i take a little different approach i'm I'm going to probably throw out the most that I spent over, say, a 12-month period at the grocery store because that might that might include like a trip to the grocery store for Thanksgiving or something ridiculous like that. So I'm going to throw out those highest numbers, but I'm also probably not going to use the lowest number. I'm going to use something that's closer to what I feel like is the average plus add a little bit on, um, mainly because, you know... I tend to be. I, I tend to have a problem when I'm budgeting of saying, "Oh, well, I've got that cushion in there," so you know. And, and
0: that's honesty. That's where yeah. you have to know yourself and yeah. know that you know. I like having a cushion, but Court's saying that you, you know he wants to do kind of the middle. Which I is, know myself. Yeah, and I know that if know. I
1: have that cushion, <laughs> that I'm going to tend to spend toward that cushion rather than yeah. spending toward what I need to actually you know budget for
0: and with that also so we're talking about with expenses kind of finding that middle or you know rounding up with income if you've got some of those variable incomes coming Mm -hmm. in then you need to really look at that don't put the highest you ever made right because you know that that's probably not going to be it's not going to be a good look of how your money coming in is
1: right right no yeah you, you you variable variable income the best example that i can think of is you know is again what i call gig work uh, which includes hobbies anything like that but also includes literal gigs you know something like a a musician or something like that i think we've talked about that during episode two Uh, that that work where you're going to get paid uh, by Uh, for a gig at a bar where you get paid for the the heads that walk through the door, or uh, are you going to get paid a a single amount for a gig at a wedding or something like that? Mm -hmm. Um, And depending on, depending on how you're paid for that gig, you may make five grand. If you're a band that can demand five grand or 10 grand for a wedding, Um, or you may just work at a bar and make 500 for the night, but chances are you're, unless you just know we charge 10 grand per gig that we play, no matter what, you don't want to use 10 grand as your as your budget number for the amount that you're going to have in income. You're going to want to use, okay, how many gigs do I average on a yearly basis? How many gigs do I average on a monthly basis? And what is the average amount that I make towards those gigs? And then, like you were saying, probably want to round down a little bit probably want to estimate a little bit lower because we tend to recommend we tend to recommend that you be conservative. yes uh, and so you're gonna you're gonna estimate low on what your income is. you're gonna estimate high on what your expenses are. Uh, so you, so that you're sort of conservative and you're not you're not just shooting for the moon.
0: Yeah you don't want to rely on if you put numbers in there that you're gonna make this much but that was just a fluke month where you were say commissioned and you sold five billion things and made so much money but you know at the end of the day that's not reality that's why we're trying to make this honest so you get the best numbers and that at the end of it when this budget's complete it is that comfort level that you know it's not outlandish and it's based off of you repeating your you know work that you did in march it's not going to be based off of that it's going to be based off of average of what you've been bringing in average of what you've been spending
1: right okay So to bring it back around to our verify, because again, you know, we want to make clear we're talking about four steps and right now we're just on step two. You've gone through and you've identified all of those things that you've spent money on by looking at your statements, um, your credit card statements, your bank statements and so forth. Um, You're also going to be able to verify what that income is. Hopefully, you know, sometimes if you if you get paid by cash a lot, you may need to this process of identifying your income may take a little while because you may have to to take a few weeks to monitor how much cash you're bringing in and actually count it and keep track of it for a few weeks to a few months, so that you know that exact number. It's all about verifying that exact number because if you're if you're dealing in a lot of cash, whether it's because you take money out at the ATM or because you get paid tips in cash at a at a restaurant job, you've gotta you've gotta keep track of how you're spending that money that you take out from the ATM or how much money you're bringing in from those tips. So. Don't just rush through this. Don't just go, okay, day one, well, it's this much, and then mm-hmm. move on. Uh, take the time to really verify how much cash you're bringing in on a monthly basis or on a, on a, over the course of a, uh, of a couple of months so that you can determine what that annual amount is going to be so that you'll end up with numbers that you can add up for an entire year Yes. that are your total numbers for your income your total numbers for your expenses. And what are we shooting for here? Income, compared to expenses, income should be at least equal to, if not more, than your expenses. If you're starting off from a place where your income is less than your expenses, then you're already starting off in trouble.
0: You want to break even? I did it again. I'm sorry. I did it again. This
1: is your third jargon violation.
0: (laughs) Three strikes, I'm out of here. Is that what (laughs) it is? Get out.
1: I'm putting Cameron in your spot.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh, I, guys, sorry. It's been great ride, five episodes, I'm out. <laughs> no, but I, just reiterating what Court was saying, you want to make sure it breaks even, and break even meaning that you do not, you're balanced in it, that yeah, you yeah. don't have more expenses than income coming in. You mm-hmm. want to make sure at the end of the day, it all is works out, that right. you've got enough money to pay for what you're doing.
1: Um. So basically, effectively, You know, you you hear the term break even in in business terms. That would be when does a when does there's usually a point in the year when a business actually has had enough. Let's go with a a retail sales business has had enough sales uh, that they actually have sold enough that they have enough money that's come in that they are going to be able to cover their expenses for the year. That would be their break-even point. When they've actually reached that point, they've made enough to cover all of their expenses. Side note, Katie, you like shopping, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So what's the biggest day of of the year for shopping? Black Friday. Yep. You know why they call it Black Friday? Why? Because that's their break-even day. Most retail establishments, they, they don't actually... Get into the black until oh, the, the Friday the after. Yeah, okay. So a little t- terminology here: you're either in the red or you're in the black. It's a it's it's, it's an accounting thing. Uh-huh. So if you're in the red, then that means you're losing money, or you you have not uh, your your income has not exceeded your expenses. And then when you when your income does exceed your expenses, you are in the black. Hence Black Friday. That is why they call it Black Friday, because it is on that Friday, it is because of the sales on that day that most uh, retailers actually reach black and and are in the black.
0: It's a great little fun fact for everybody.
1: Yep. So there you go. The companies are breaking even. Um, And you should have a break-even point, too. And, And it may be... Maybe that it's December thirty first, or it may be that you've made enough by June thirtieth to you, you know you've already by June thirtieth made enough to cover all of your known expenses for the year. Then you're doing great, and that means you're going to be able to save a lot too. Um, and so we we now know we have this basis for our knowledge, and then we are going to. Take all of that information and actually do step three, three. which is apply it.
0: Yes, you're going to apply this information.
1: Okay, again, back to, I just want you to know, remind you, resource tab, website, bullcastpodcast.com. There is an annual budget form on there. There is a monthly budget form on there. Start with your annual budget form. And that'll that'll look a lot like, okay... here is a list of everything that I have that I have for income then here is a list of everything that I have that is an expense and I'm going to add up all of the incomes and I'm going to subtract all of the expenses and whatever I have down at the bottom at the end needs to be at least zero if not a positive number. And um, you're going to fill in all of the blanks. What is your annual budget? What are your mandatory expenses? And then you're going to determine what discretionary money you have left after your mandatory expenses. So if you end up after your mandatory expenses, you have money left over, then that means you have room for fun stuff, <laughs> room for the wants, not the needs. Yes. Okay. Then you can go through and determine, well, this is how much I want to spend this year on entertainment. I want to travel. I want to spend and i have this much in discretionary funds that i can spend and part of it needs to go to travel so i want to go on and
0: hopefully it. part of it to savings but we'll get to that in well, another yeah. episode
1: you are gonna you are gonna also obviously put away some to savings you know savings and in our checklist savings is listed as discretionary but really uh, top should priority should be mandatory is, yeah it, it, top priority is putting some money into savings you want to build up that savings account again we are going to get into that in a whole other episode dedicated to that. It'll be, it'll be great.
0: <laughs> when we're talking about applying this information, again, it's one of those that we want you to understand. The reason we're picking annual first is there are, it, it's easier to sit there and say, I bring home $30,000 a year. Put that in the income. Mm-hmm. I know that my car insurance is this much and I pay it, you know, it, Depending on how you pay it, that's, you know, going to go into cash flow, but you can probably figure out total it'll be this much. If you have to pay towards student loans, put it that much. So that's why we start with annual. Mm -hmm. So you can list out how much annually your mortgage would be, all of that. And that's where you would then estimate those variable expenses. But it gives you that big, clear picture and shows you if you're breaking even or where you hit with the income expenses, right. and then it makes it easier for you to then go and break it down into
1: those monthly. Right. Because, you know, you may have a good idea of, of okay, this year I'm going to have to spend, I I, I don't know, we spend like $50,000 a year on insurance because we have three children that drive. but. Um, <laughs> What is the what is the regular amount that someone spends nowadays for one person? I don't want to sound like an idiot. I just,
0: I believe it's fifteen to seventeen hundred per year.
1: Okay, so you're you're budgeting for that much per year. Uh, you're budgeting, let's say, you're gonna go on a. I haven't been on a vacation in forever either, <laughs> but let's say it's a three thousand dollar vacation that you want to budget for. So you've got that discretionary cost, but you've got that insurance that's a mandatory cost. But that's just. Per year, okay? Mm-hmm. So what you want to do is when you're planning your monthly budget, part of your monthly budget is going to be going to that escrow account. It's going to be... Uh, uh, what? W-
0: what was that? I think it's a citation. <laughs> escrow, what is that?
1: Apparently, I have yes. gotten my own jargon violation. Okay, so escrow account. What I mean to say is basically savings, but but it, it's it, it's... Technically, escrow would be uh, when you're when you, for instance, if you have a mortgage, uh, you pay a certain amount to the bank for your mortgage payment. But that that the bank then takes money uh, from your mortgage payment and sets it aside into a a separate sort of accounting where uh, on a monthly basis. And then once a year, they use that what they call that escrow account Mm -hmm. to pay your taxes, your property taxes. OK, well, basically, I'm saying you do the same thing for yourself. You have an escrow account where effectively what you're going to do is you're going to you know that once a year you're going to have this major expense of sixteen hundred dollars for insurance or three thousand dollars for a trip. So you're going to escrow some of your monthly income into a separate account where you're going to set it aside. So, like, make it like a monthly bill. It's 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 it's, it's exactly like you're going to budget this much goes to my. My uh, escrow account my for the large expenses. auto insurance escrow for or, or my this this much goes to my vacation account my vacation escrow. You could even have a, multiple different buckets. If you wanted to call it a a different buckets and we're going to get into buckets. Uh, Buckets is probably going to be an episode. Yeah, definitely going to be an episode. We're talking
0: about your buckets of your money and how it's all distributed. How it's all distributed.
1: (laughs) So the idea of escrowing is just basically when you you get a paycheck and when you're budgeting out how that paycheck is going to be spent on a monthly basis or on a a bi-monthly basis, then part of that money is going to escrow and it is going to be set aside for you to use later toward those expenses that aren't necessarily weekly or monthly expenses that the the expenses that are only going to have to be paid once every quarter or once every six months or once every year that's an important part of the budget so you have set out all of your all of your mandatory expenses and you've set out all of your income and then you're planning out okay This is what I'm going to spend. This is what I'm going to make per month. This is what I'm going to spend per month. And if a a particular annual expense isn't going to come up per month, you're going to set something aside for it on a Mm -hmm. monthly basis. And you're going to lay all of that out. All of that is going to be shown on the budget form, on the monthly budget form that is going to be available on our website. We
0: do that because everyone probably has had this where they go, oh, crud, I forgot that, you know, i owe 600 dollars this month and you haven't properly cash flow that word again you haven't really budgeted for it so you don't have the available funds mm. and that's where i don't want to get too in depth in depth into it but i want to address it that that's why you understand the nature of your money coming in because there are options you look at do you need to pay your mortgage payment each month in one lump can you break it into two and it's all about how the money's flowing in and making sure you're budgeting your expenses correctly, and even deeper into it, that we'll get into another point, but making sure with your credit cards, you set those dates that the money's due to go along with as your you have those available funds.
1: Right, okay, Katie, uh, let's, um, let's pause for a word from our sponsor. turns out ladies and gentlemen we don't have any sponsors but hey check (laughs) out netflix and check out collierville nutrition spot because we like both of those things (laughs) that's a freebie guys um let's move on step four step four we're moving on to step four live it love it she's just a breathe it Okay, this is the part. This is actually the most important part. People come up with budgets. I think we discussed again. I, I, I'm referring back to other episodes, but Katie gave a statistic about how many people out there actually budget. And I said, there are probably a lot of people that actually budget. There's are just not a lot of people that actually stick to it. So step four really is the key, is sticking to it.
0: It's writing it down. It's doing it in an app, but it's also, it's sharing with your spouse, just your significant other.
1: Communicating. Or
0: if you need to, Trust a you know financial advisor or someone like that to work with you and help hold you accountable.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's
0: knowing yourself, being honest, and mm-hmm. figuring out what's going to work. You put in all this work to put this budget together right. and really dive deep into it. Now, let it be a part of you. But again, it's the support bra. It's the floaties. It's part of you and you live it. Do not let it weigh you down and be scared of it.
1: There are, there are apps out there for stuff like that, the, for stuff like this, excuse me. There are uh, things like uh, computer programs like Quicken. You can enter all of your information into an app on your phone or into something like Quicken on your computer. You can write it down on a pad, whatever you're comfortable with, but you've got to make sure that you're keeping track of, I was expecting this payment. Did it come in? Yes. Write it down. I was expecting these expenses. Did I pay them? Yes what sort of money did I spend on a discretionary expense? Oh yeah, I've got to write that down. And if you've got multiple people that are spending money off of the the same account because you're living as a family, um, then you've got to communicate with each other and make sure, hey, sweetie, I went to Target and spent $400. We need to make sure that we've got that logged and that we've got it booked for our budget. Um, And what not just oh i went to target but what what were you buying at target was it groceries what's what whatever it was Somebody is probably, it's it's just a, a fact, uh, uh, if, if you are l- multiple people living together, one of the people is going to end up being more responsible for keeping track than the other one. Yeah. By, by, by the very nature of bookkeeping, just one person is going to be more on top of making the entries and keeping track of where all the money is flowing in and out. And so you've got to make sure that if you're not the person that's in charge of keeping track of it, that you're communicating with your spouse or your significant other, what your expenditures are so that they can keep track of it. And then holding yourselves accountable. That's the
0: biggest thing. I
1: mean, okay, maybe one of my top five fears should have been, you know, um, getting in trouble with my spouse when I go over budget. Uh Yeah. Um, So, you know, don't, don't be afraid to let your partner know, hey, we spent too much this month on this. We need Mm -hmm. to cut back. You know, you've got to actually you you, and you've got to hold each other accountable. Hey, you know, we, we didn't budget for you to, to, uh, spend this much on chocolate this month. Um,
0: and it doesn't have to be a daily conversation. You can set it up and whatever works for you. If you know, Sunday afternoon or something like that, just kind of, you know, Balance this your, your checkbook,
1: figure out, take a snapshot. Balance of your checkbook? or you gonna I'm, start I'm
0: balancing try, your checkbook? I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try. Fantastic, try. Look, we I, already I, have
1: one convert. Yes, yes. Sit down and talk about it, balance everything out. What did we spend? What came in? Where are we? Are we sticking with our budget? Are we in line? Are, do we have more discretionary funds than we thought we would? Do we have less? Where did all that money go?
0: Because remember, you're not just doing this for the moment right now. You are doing it for your future for that future kid in your life, or grandkid, or retirement. That's what you've got to look at, that what you do today, it's not ever too late. You can put this in place now and it'll make a huge difference in the future. I think my bullseye, if if we're ready for it. You ready?
1: I'm ready if you are, Katie. Okay,
0: bullseye. Freedom. That is what this budget is. Freedom! Freedom. Freedom. I want you to have that control. I want you to have that financial freedom, that financial peace of mind that you put in the work. It makes a difference and it will, I promise, it will make a difference. You will understand your living expenses. I wish this for you guys. I really hope you will implement this in your life.
1: William Wallace, Braveheart. Bruno! one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time. And I know don't get on to me if you're like, Oh, it's historically inaccurate. And I, I, I don't care. I loved <laughs> that movie and not only did I love that movie, but I think, you know, underneath it all, it really was a romance, you know, it, was. it really was, it absolutely was a romance. Uh, it was, it was all driven by his love of a woman. So, you know, freedom and uh, anyway, my bullseye is real simple unfortunately not a William Wallace reference it's a Starsky and Hutch reference do it that's all just do it Nike we have given you every tool we have given you every tool
0: on our resources page
1: on our resources page do it do your budget and then stick to it well Katie that's our closing bell ladies and gentlemen this has been a long one if you stuck through the entire episode, then uh, you should have everything that you need or should know where to go to find everything that you need to budget. Uh, where would that first place be that you can go? That would be our website. We've mentioned it a few times. It's fullcastpodcast.com. You can also use that site to communicate with us. Send in questions. Soon enough, we're going to ha- start having question and answer sections on our podcasts, and we can't really do that if people aren't asking us questions
0: you can also give us topic suggestions we did have one of those
1: if you have something that you'd like to hear us talk about please uh please send in those topic suggestions we'd love to hear from you uh we're gonna start taking things maybe in a more bite-sized direction and really start getting into the nitty-gritty but we, we need to cover this big topic first i'm still on the closing bell um, if you want to reach out to us right now and you just can't wait to email us and hear back from us via email, you can try us on Twitter. Our Twitter is at Bullcast Podcast. You can also send us some pics on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is Bullcast Podcast. And we have mentioned before that we work at a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. If you want to find out more about that company and its great team or find out more about me and Katie, not that you don't already know enough, The website for that company is PicklerWealthAdvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. That should give you plenty to do until we come around with our next episode. So until then, I'm Court. I'm Katie. And we'll catch you on the flippity flop.